Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I'm so excited about the guest we have on today. I was hyping her up on the last episode, and now she's here all the way from Great Britain. We have Miss Kate Rothwell Jackson, also known as the voice from your favorite pin, Game of Thrones. Welcome, Kate. Yay, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for reaching out to the show. You had emailed me and we had talked and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be so amazing to have somebody who has been a part of putting a game together and then also is a fan of pinball and a lady. So check, check, check. And I was excited that you agreed to come on the show. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I think um, that a message got passed sort of between several people across Europe um, that said that you were looking for guests for your podcast. So it sort of went from uh, from one lady to another uh, and, and found its way to me. So thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, it's an honor. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I put the word out with um, our guest that we'll feature next week, and I'll talk about her later on in the show. But, you know, she kind of spread the word. She was my European connection. So uh, <laughs> I was just excited when your note came across my inbox. I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be so cool. So excited. Um, but, again, uh, excited to have you here, Kate. For people who don't know you, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in pinball and kind of where you're at today? Yeah, sure. So I've been playing pinball since 2010. Um, basically, my dad used to play pinball when he was at university uh, here in the UK. So um, he obviously familiar with it when I was growing up. He used to take me to play pinball sometimes. But, you know, as a child, he didn't really know what was going on. So he would play and I would have a little go. And in 2010, he sent me a message and said, I've heard about a pinball tournament. Uh, would you like to go? So I said, well, sure, why not? Um, so then he told me that it was in Germany. Uh, <laughs> meant I, I had to get a train, uh, Eurostar across the Channel Tunnel, another train from France to Germany uh, and meet him there. Uh, and we turned up to this pinball tournament, which was the German Pinball Open in 2010. And it was amazing. It was a huge hall it was it was set in like a, a old museum and there were 100 pinball machines there which is huge over here and we just competed for the weekend we didn't really know what we were doing we don't speak german and uh, we just had a great time that weekend and uh, on the final day when it was the classic tournament i met a few other people from the uk who then told me about other tournaments and the league here and that all kicked off and I've been playing you know competitively ever since so that's how it all started and uh, and now I compete in the league here and I try and go to tournaments when I can in between work and and home life and things so yeah definitely been a big hobby for me. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I know that you're kind of in the, the heart of Great Britain. I, I had to Google where you're you're from. <laughs> um, but so yeah. you're kind of uh, east of Manchester and north of London. So I was like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they're the big places. Yeah. I, if you if you know, um, Sean Bean, 
Uh, yes. He's from Sheffield, and that's where I'm from in Sheffield. Oh, that so, Game of uh, Thrones connection already happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just just kick that in there. Yeah, but um, I, I don't have quite the accent that Sean Bean has, but uh, people usually know roughly where he's from. Oh, how cool! All right, well, that, I mean, you've been involved in pinball for a while. Then, are there bar leagues, or are they, you know, more of like tournaments that you guys do monthly? So the pinball scene in the UK is not quite as big as uh, in the US, and we don't really have that many pinballs on site. So if you're out in a, you know, say in Manchester or Sheffield or somewhere, you would need to know where to go to find the pinball machines. Um, <laughs> you, it's not a case of you just stumble across and you know a bar and there it is. So the tournaments that take place here tend to be people bringing their own machines from home to a venue and then using them for the tournament so it takes quite a lot of effort to put on a tournament because unless you're actually having it at a club that already has a lot of pinball machines there are a few of those scattered around but most of the time it requires people in the pinball community taking their pride and joy from home um, and letting other people loose on them so um (laughs) So, yeah, the, the tournaments are, uh, it don't happen that often. Uh, we have a couple of major ones. Um, but other than that, there's a few leagues as well. But I maybe only pay, play competitively maybe once every two months, um, which is, is purely because if I wanted to play more often, I would have to travel quite a long way, which I unfortunately don't have time to do these days. But, yeah, I still get a lot of enjoyment from the league. And then I'm also heading to the European Pinball Championships in Denmark in October. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Oh, that sounds so exciting. My goodness, I've heard about that. That's amazing. It's on my pinball bucket list (laughs) is the the European Pinball Championship. European ones. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, we um, usually on the show, we talk a little bit of pinball news. So we're going to jump right into that. The big news, of course, this week, because nobody's heard enough about it, is the Jurassic Park release from Stern. And we talked about it for the last couple of episodes. But we did actually, we were able to see some gameplay and find out a little bit more about it since our last episode. So it is a Keith Elwin machine. Officially found that out. It's really great as well. Dead Flip, Jack Danger is doing all of these streams on the new machines. It means that we get all of that insight before it's even out on the market. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think he does an amazing job working with Stern to do the stream because it's one thing to see the promo video. And, and yes, it looked very cool with the John Williams score. And I was like, oh, that looks really neat. But until you actually see somebody play, you just don't have an idea of how that is going to work. And overall, I really like the gameplay. I like the shots. I I don't want to say it's like, I don't know if we're ready to say like, that's that's an Elwin machine in the sense of like, (laughs) you know, he has a certain style. But I was such a huge fan of Iron Maiden that I was able to kind of transcend my dislike of the theme. Like I'm not an Iron Maiden band fan. I'm sorry for those of you who, who yeah, love Iron Maiden. Me too, but, me too. <laughs> but if, if I can kind of step away from the theme, the actual gameplay on that machine is absolutely amazing. And I see a lot of that yeah. in the... Um, Jurassic Park machine. I really liked it. Um, the mechanism for the the dinosaur that throws the ball across the play field. That is so neat. I was like, oh, I was like, they kept the dinosaur head. They kept the dinosaur head. I was so excited. The, the yeah. shots looked really nice. They had um, some really neat mechanisms on the machine. Uh, overall, it looked like a lot of fun. If you guys get a chance to watch the stream, <laughs> I forget who was in the costume, but somebody was in the uh, T-Rex costume. You know, the ones oh, with the, really? the tiny, tiny arms. It was hysterical. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was cracking up. It was so funny. But um, I'll put a link for the uh, Dead Flip stream on Twitch for that. But um, overall, I think that it's going to be a win for Stern. I mean, this year they've only had their two cornerstones were... 
monsters and Black Knight's sort of rage. And not to take anything away from those, but I think that for kind of the theme that's going to hit it out of the park, I really think this is going to be a juggernaut, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, Jurassic Park, as a, it's, it's iconic now. The film um, is like a classic for people, um, whereas the, the other themes are, you know, uh, Sword of Rage, for example, is aimed really at, I think, the, uh, the you know, the core pinball players that remember Black Knight and Black Knight 2000, whereas Jurassic Park, it can appeal to so many different people, uh, new and existing pinball players. No, I completely agree. And again, you're getting that tie in from the actual license because, you know, you have Jurassic Park, you have Jurassic World. Um, there's just so many movies and things to get content from. I was a little disappointed there was no Jeff Goldblum. I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed. But, yeah. you know, they did get Wayne Knight come in, do some of the call outs. Um, but overall, I think they did a, a really good job with the theme integration. And for me, this almost is like the, the argument they have with Wonka in the sense that, you know, there's not as many uh, video properties, but, you know, they made it still made it fun. They, they you know, you're yeah. in a candy factory and you have to be able to tie in in the sense that there are some people out there who have never seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory or who have never seen Jurassic Park. You, you have to be able to. Who are these people? I don't know, I, I don't know who they are, but I know they're, <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. I don't, I don't know them personally, but, but in a way, you know, hey, Jurassic Park, okay, it's about dinosaurs, you know, and I think it also really appealed to kids because it is just a big machine with dinosaurs in it. And yeah. who wouldn't yeah. love that? I think they overall did a really nice job with integrating some of the themes, some of the, the iconic parts of Jurassic Park. I know they were giving George Gomez a lot of, static on not using the Ford Explorer or the original Jeeps from the movie because there's like a little spinner toy and he had a, he designed his own car. That's actually kind of cool, I guys. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, he, he designed saw, saw his own that. car. He, I saw the drawing that he did of it. It looked amazing. But, I mean, it, they've got to, they're a business at the end of the day. They've got to uh, make money out of it. They have to make it work, you know, just from a purely you know, bottom line money standpoint. I mean, yes, of course. Yeah, you'd love to have the Jeep and things in there. But if it's not going to work from a a licensing point of view and his drawing was a work of art. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. So I was, wow, this is great. You know, I give George Gomez some love. I mean, they're doing a lot of amazing things over at Stern and I'm excited. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that somebody gets a Jurassic Park locally. I saw on our Facebook group here in San Antonio, uh, my friend Adam was like, um, I'm probably going to get one. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So I was like, so I know somebody who's going to have one so I can get some time in on it. So I'm very excited about that. Excellent. So the big thing going on this week, if you haven't heard, is Pinburg. Pinburg is part of the larger replay effects going on in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is the largest pinball tournament in the world. So if you are a pinhead, Pinburg is where it's at. Over a thousand players in Pinburg. Yeah. It's actually right at a thousand. Multiple days of pinball tournaments. And for those of you who've never played in a tournament, and I've never and I've never played in Pinburg, but just a regular pinball tournament is draining because you are playing pinball pretty much all day long. You're on your feet, you're playing, you're interacting with other people. It, it's very draining just physically yeah. and emotionally. And just to do that on a multiple day scale with a thousand people, everybody's been talking about Pinberg snacks, Pinberg shoes, <laughs> you know, Pinberg, you know, all of their uh, packing strategies and, you know, how they're going to be, you know, getting their snacks in and I crack me up. Have you ever played in Pinberg, Kate? No, I've never actually been to the U S. Um, so oh my goodness. I know, 
I know. Um, but Pimberg, I would absolutely love to, to go there. It just seems like it would be incredible. But it's funny you said then about snacks and drinks and things, because that's one, one thing that I find very draining about tournaments is sometimes if you don't get time to eat properly and you forget to have a bottle of water with you and you don't realize that all that takes it out of you as well as playing all the pinball as well. Yeah, a thousand players at pinball at Pimberg sounds incredible. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I couldn't go this year because of my, my regular day-to-day job. You know, my, I wish I could say that the podcast was my full-time job, but I have a regular job. Um, but, um, you know, I travel a lot, so it, it just didn't work out with my travel schedule this year. But I definitely want to go next year, but it's overwhelming because whenever I play in these bigger tournaments, I love the locations we play at, but usually you're eating bar food if you don't bring your own yeah. snacks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you want to sit there and eat with your friends. And then, you know, do you drink? Do you not drink? It's like, oh, well, I just need to drink water right now. And, you know, it's just all these things you have yep. to think about. And multiplying that by several days, it's just it seems very intense to me. So I'm a little yeah. nervous about Pinburg next year, um, not ne- the next episode, but the episode after that, Laura Fraley from Virginia and the Richmond Collective is going to give us a rundown of her experience at Pinburg. So I'm excited to hear about that. So uh, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll have more Pinburg info. But for all of you that are in Pittsburgh right now, we're recording this on August 1st. So hopefully it'll be published tomorrow. But good luck this weekend. May your flippers be mighty. May your balls be swift. I hope that all of you (laughs) do well and that you achieve whatever goals you may have. And of course, I want to see a lady take the stage and, you know, be number one. Make sure you have a good time. Don't stress yourself out. You've spent a whole lot of money to be in this tournament and have this experience. And, you know, just have fun. That's I try to tell people that I, I try not to get spooked out when I do big tournaments no no I'm just gonna have fun just gonna have fun that's my mantra just have fun yeah I I try that but I'm too competitive (laughs) I get there and say yeah actually it's it's all about the winning (laughs) (laughs) see Kate you're one of my people I I try really hard but then it like it gets into my mind like I could win I could win and then yeah it's it's only for me it's only about you know take the the taking part and having fun if I'm having really bad games and I think you know what I'll just I'll just enjoy the experience and 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 not concentrate on the winning anymore but um but yeah hopefully uh, at tournaments if i play well then it, I'm, I'm in the zone <laughs> i hope to be a part of it next year and again guys good luck have fun have a great time and if you know i can't wait to hear all of the stories that come back out of pinburg because with pinball media and you know podcast media for pinball <laughs> this next month is going to be nothing but pinburg recaps <laughs> So we'll get to hear a lot about that. But the one thing I do want to highlight is the Whipped Tournament. ReplayFX is actually presenting the second annual Whipped Tournament. Whipped stands for Women's International Pinball Tournament. It is the largest competitive tournament in the world. The Match Play Tournament this year is going to host 128 lady competitors from around the world. The pool for prizes is over $5,000. So the top 16 players are actually going to walk away with $5,000. First place getting $2,000 of that $5,000. And that's a pretty sizable chunk of change for a ladies tournament. I've never seen anything of that nature. Yeah, um, that's amazing. 128 players as well. I mean, there was one a women's tournament where the top prize was a a, a brand new Stern pinball machine, but two thousand pounds uh, dollars. Sorry, two thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. close. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, I hope that uh, that 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 tournament goes really well. I also hope that it's streamed. I don't know how what streaming they have there, but um, I've I've only managed to watch one women's tournament stream i can't remember which one it was 
but I was hooked for the whole time and it was great watching you know other competitive women playing in tournaments and so I hope that some focus is put on streaming it so that rest the rest of us can watch it well they are going to be streaming it I'll put the link in the show notes they're going to be streaming whipped and the actual main tournament for Pinburg as well I'll send you the link personally so you have it ahead of time but um, we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody else definitely something fun to watch last year they did actually give away for the first uh, whipped tournament they actually did have a uh, pinball machine as well this year they didn't do that I think last year it was actually somebody's personal pinball machine I, it was wow. Iron Maiden and I have a I, and I apologize if I don't get this correctly but I know Keith Elwin signed it but I don't know if it was his personal machine but um, but they did win one last year this year though it's just the cash pool I think Jessica DiNardo and her team that are helping put that together they're doing an amazing job and again just growing women's pinball and women's competitive pinball we need big events like this and it's again it just is growing by leaps and bounds each year and again ladies in particular who are participating in whipped good luck and that's going to be so much fun i can't wait to see the pictures and see the stream as well so in terms of the 128 women that are playing in there is it open for anybody to participate in or do they have to qualify somehow no and they just kind of open it up for registration okay. and then you apply it's it's like pinberg it's kind of an open um events anybody can play anybody can yeah. it, it just they just run out of seats because they only have 128 yeah. seats so um spots okay. go fast <laughs> yeah i think yeah, it, for, for pinberg this year it was under a minute then that all yeah. thousand spots went um then yeah. you kind of had the wait list and and things like that but um, I yeah I tried to get on it even though I was kind of iffy on whether or not I was going to be able to go I was like well I, I'll have the seat and if I can't go then I'll, I'll give up the seat but yeah I didn't even get that part <laughs> you know um, in in the UK uh, there's a, a big music festival called Glastonbury uh, oh, and yeah. I think Pim- I think Pimberg sold out faster than Glastonbury this year so uh, well done <laughs> oh my goodness yeah Glastonbury for for our U.S. friends would be like a Coachella or a South by Southwest. Like it's just in sheer size. Um, yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to go to Glastonbury. It's kind of on my, also on the uh, Lauren Gray bucket on list. The bucket list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a music fan. So, and I, and I've always wanted, I've been to the UK uh, twice and you know, I've just never had an opportunity to go to that particular festival. And it's funny now, yeah. and now that I get older, I'm like, it's like, oh, do I want to go? It's going to be hot. There are going to be a lot of people, yeah. you know, again, thinking I, about the snack issue. I was like, what is, what are the snacks <laughs> going to be like? The food's actually really good at Glastonbury. I, I went once in 2011 and oh, the food is really good. I was really impressed. Um, but now I, I look back and think, I'm not sure I could cope with the camping and the mud and the toilets and and everything else that goes alongside with a festival and, and you know sleeping on site at a festival so um i'm glad that i did it in 2011 and i had that experience but um maybe maybe i'm just getting too old now and i feel bad when i say that about myself because it's like oh, camping I'm like, ah. it's like, <laughs> hey, like can i just stay at my nice hotel that's down the road yeah I'm like, okay. yeah no all the and, and my husband's like flat out it's like i'm not doing that with you <laughs> he's That's like i'm a, i'm a hard no like on that well. one <laughs> he will send me on my own he doesn't want to go <laughs> yeah so and it's one of those things i should have done it when i was younger oh well well we'll see we'll see who knows i'll be out there when i'm 60 like you know shaking it to muse if they're still around yeah. playing or something yeah <laughs> good choice oh no i love muse all right and the other thing i want to mention those of you who follow me on facebook and instagram backbox pinball podcast uh 
noticed I just went like crazy town for Mrs. Penn's episode. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Mrs. Penn. I talk about her quite a bit on the show. She's been very supportive of what I'm doing, and she gives me so much love when she goes to events and talks to people, and she talks at my podcast. So, I mean, she's she's my jam. I love Mrs. Penn. Uh, but she put together... I'm not creative. Like, I'll be the first person to admit I'm not very creative, but she is super creative, and she did, like, this musical medley breakdown devoted to ladies and she did a cover of vanilla ice's ice ice baby but it's called womp womp baby and i want to encourage you guys it's about 26 minutes into the show um the whole show is fantastic it talks about some different events she did and and things going on in her life related to pinball but the musical parts towards the end of the show um she does a oh ice ice baby tribute and she also does a queen tribute as well we are the champions and or is it Bohemian? I think it's We Are the Champions. Um, but the the Ice Ice Baby, I was just like I couldn't. I like I was laughing hysterically and just like in awe because of somebody that can kind of come up with something like that. It was so fun. That sounds amazing. Sarah is just so creative. She's so much fun, and the, she just does crazy stuff like that, and I absolutely love it. It's it's so different, and um, yeah, I that is going to be a classic track. I I got to get that. I got to get a copy of that. <laughs> It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, uh, it's episode, I believe, 73 um, of the Mrs. Pins Pinball Podcast. I definitely would recommend going to check that out. Again, super, super fun. I, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I'm definitely going to go and check that out. <laughs> one of the things I was so excited about, Kate, for you coming on the show, is that you're one of the first people that we've had on the show that's really involved with the, the making or the creation of of a pinball machine and that when you were wrote to me and, and told me you were the voice of the game of thrones i'm like oh my, the voice the one i hear from the machine that that oh my god so kate how did that come about how did you end up you know working with stern and, and working on that particular title it was basically because of a link with steve ritchie um so steve ritchie is a designer uh, on the game of game of thrones and um, i met him back in 2010 i think when he came to a show in the uk um i played against him on acdc when that was first released and um and you know just he was signing things and we had a little bit of a chat and that was nice and then in i think around 2000 and 13 i was at the dutch pinball open in the netherlands uh, which is one of my favorite tournaments um and he was there as a guest and we again had a bit of a chat and he we talked about you know upcoming machines he couldn't tell us anything he you know he, all confidential um but he must have had in his mind at that time while we were talking that he needed a female british um you know, English speaking, uh, English accent uh, for Game of Thrones. Um, so he uh, he sent me an email not too long after that, maybe six months after that, uh, saying um, out of the blue, hi, it's Steve Ritchie, and um, I have this opportunity. It's I need some voice work on Game of Thrones. Would you like to do an audition? Well, I, I mean, you can probably imagine I, I was running around the house like you don't get emails like that every day from you know asking if you want to do this um so it was just incredible to be given that opportunity to to audition had you ever done any voice work before 
No, not at all. I, I don't have any acting experience. I mean, the um, I literally did this because of pinball, because I'm a pinball player. Um, and it was so amazing that, you know, I, I was there at these shows and I'd spoken to him. And yeah, the, this opportunity was just one in a million. So I obviously said, yes, I would love to and sent uh, a few voice clips just so the rest of the team could hear my voice and make sure that it was in line with what they were looking for. And then it was, yes, you've you've got the part. And they sent me a script, which was about seven pages long of, of lines, uh, you know, that I would need to oh read. Goodness. It was a, uh, it was, it was because they, they hadn't finalized it all by then. So it was all sorts of variations of very similar things, you know, about which shot to hit. Um, they knew that they were bringing in the different colors, um, the whole spectrum of colors. I think Game of Thrones was the first one where they could create almost any color uh, of their light. So there was, you know, hit the orange shot and hit the maroon shot and all sorts of different uh, descriptions of colors in there that I, I don't think were ever used, but they, they needed all of that just in case. That resulted in going to... A studio which wasn't this this amazing grand studio that you might um, you know picture in your mind it was a converted garage of somebody uh, that lives sort of on the coast of the UK about three hours drive from me um, <laughs> and I spent about three and a half hours in a tiny little booth very hot conditions doing this voice work and had Steve Ritchie and Dwight Sullivan on one end of, a, of the phone, basically, and I had headphones on so I could hear them. And Steve would say to me, you know, tell me the line I needed to say, and I would say it. And then he would say, he would say, say it more like this, or put put more emphasis on this word. They basically just coached me through the whole thing. So everything that I've said is really how they wanted me to say it, um, and just using my voice. So. That was that was that. It was just absolutely incredible to to have that opportunity to do it. It was just I can't even describe now that the fact that I've done it. And um, I'd say that listening and hearing it on the machine is kind of weird. So have you had anybody who playing it and then standing next to you and they kind of do the the look at the machine and then look at you and is that you? Absolutely. (laughs) And I actually um, I've got a a very good friend who uh, actually taught me a lot about playing pinball who organized for us to have a game of thrones pinball machine at our wedding in in 2015 um so all of our wedding guests got to play and hear me uh hear me on on game of thrones as well uh so that was amazing um but i think when oh that's the best (laughs) there aren't that many people that would say they like the sound of their own voice I think, you know, most people don't like hearing themselves. Um, and yeah. that's what it's a bit like for me. It's a bit a bit cringy, you know, to, to hear me talking. But I don't mind if I'm actually playing it. So I expect I know when when to expect me saying things. But if I'm playing on a machine close to a Game of Thrones and every now and again, I get this back off or, you know, uh, uh, call outs that I've done it find it very distracting when I'm trying to play a different machine (laughs) (laughs) I 
can't imagine hearing my own voice like echoed back to me while I'm in the pinball arcade or or at an, an event or something. I think that would be odd. I, I agree with you. It's funny. Some people are like, oh, you have such a great voice. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't. I don't get it, but it's not that I think my voice is bad, but I'm just, it's all right. I think it's the same same for everyone, I think. Um, But I have a funny story, actually. When um, I went over to Denmark, uh, to Copenhagen, it was actually on a business trip. And usually when I have to travel to Europe on business, I try and find out if there are any local pinball clubs or tournaments going on that I can just go in for for the evening and just play some pinball. And I found a a pinball club called the Pin Lab, which is um, who are hosting the European Pinball Championships this this year. And I contacted them and said, could I come and play for the evening? And they said, yes, that's absolutely fine. You're welcome to, to come down. So when I walked through the door, the first machine there was Game of Thrones. So I said, well, I thought, <laughs> well, I might, I better mention it, you know. So I said, by the way, that's me on there. And they just went crazy. Like they, they I was a celebrity for the evening. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the evening, when I needed to get back to the hotel, I said, right, you know, I'm going to call it a night now. I'll, I'll see you all later. They turned all the machines off and everybody gathered around in a semicircle and um they got me to sign the play field and i they did a video of me uh, like pressing the flipper on the machine so i would say choose your house and then i would then say choose your house and copy and they were going crazy over it, it was absolutely amazing um <laughs> oh your story's giving me goosebumps <laughs> it was <laughs> such a cool story it's really surreal you know having having that just sort of celebrity status but only in a really small group of people who know know who I am so I think of you as a pinball Aww. celebrity because I'm like oh my god I, I I totally do when I saw your email I'm like oh my god it's like the voice from Game of Thrones this is amazing I'm like I've made it I've made it I'm a real pinball podcast it's just really surreal because to me um you know I'm a pinball player you know I go to, to tournaments and I play just like everybody else so and I actually I met uh, Jack Danger dead flip at the ne- in the mm-hmm. Netherlands last year, and he was sort of wandering about, and um, and I, I knew who he was obviously. I watched some of his streams, and uh, he he'd put on one of his messages, one of his Facebook posts, I think, saying, "If you see me at the Dutch Pinball Open, please come and say hi." So I thought, well, I'll go and do that. I will go and say hi. So I I stopped him and said hi. Um, you probably don't know who I am, but I'm. My name's Kate, and I did the voice work on Game of Thrones. And it's it sort of like then got flipped around that he he was like, oh my oh my god, this is amazing. And and I was like, but you're you're su- such a celebrity, you know, in pinball. And uh, it was yeah, it was really really bizarre. And then I did his a uh, little a little interview with him on his live stream just before he was streaming the finals. So it's all it's all gone a bit um a bit crazy for me with uh with that but um i mean if if i ever did get the opportunity again i would absolutely do it again um it's just like i say it's such an honor anybody else kind of reached out to you um to to do other voices well, it's funny you should say that because uh i actually was asked by keith elwin to do iron maiden um which again was just amazing like uh, now it's not just it's not just steve ritchie who is an absolutely incredible designer um but now it's sort of been passed on to keith elwin and um 
to get the message from him to say, you know, would you would you like to do Iron Maiden was again just amazing. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that one. That isn't me on uh, on Iron Maiden. But that's what I was like. Did I not know this. I'm like, wait, oh, no, no, it it didn't work out. But um, it was that they. I think they were a little unsure about what they wanted. Uh, they originally wanted a, the mm-hmm. the British accent, um, and then they changed their minds a little bit and. Because I'm, I don't have any acting experience and voice, um, you know, I can't do accents. So when they when they changed their mind, I said, you know what, I don't think I can do this. So I think it'd be better finding someone better, you know, better qualified than me. Um, and they, I don't know what happened later down the line. They they obviously changed it back to be a, a British accent, but um, but that's it. Oh, that's you know, say la vie, um, such is life. Oh, what are you gonna do? But it's still neat, though, that they kind of came back and said, hey, would you like to do this as well? Because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, once you're kind of in the mix and, you know, you're a name out there now, like I've done this, you know, hey, you, we need another, you know, female British, you know, accent. Yeah. I, you know, I can't. And if, you know, if they ask you for stuff, you kind of understand a little bit about the process now and and what they're looking for. And especially I think it's. It's different when you actually have somebody who knows pinball and understands, like, you know, this is for this shot. This is launches multiball. And and they don't have to explain that part to you. So I I don't know. I think it makes it easier. Absolutely. And I I think um, when when I heard that Stern were going to do a Beatles pinball machine, I was like, oh, please, please, please ask me. (laughs) I'm I'm a big Beatles fan. And that would have been amazing but um obviously it was a different i didn't know what kind of machine it was and now i do know then yes it's it wouldn't have wouldn't have worked but um yeah i I, like i say i'm just i just feel so privileged to to have that um just even the opportunity and the fact that i have done it now as well is is just amazing i'm really grateful for it yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, when you kind of meet people, it's, it's kind of a fun icebreaker, I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you kind of talk to people like, well, I haven't done the voice work for the uh, Stern Pinball Machine Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. And even people who aren't in pinball, like, how'd you get, that's kind of cool. Like, how'd you get that gig? And I, I just think that that's one of those the fun icebreakers that, you know, when you meet people. Yeah. Because, I mean, very few people have done yeah. that. Uh, I agree. So I, I think <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no. Um, so the big news about Game of Thrones, and I thought it was funny because I think we had booked this, and then I heard that they updated yeah. the code. So have you have you seen that? Have you had any thoughts about the the big code? So update? I watched the stream that uh, Deadflip did with um, the Stern team, but it was before it was released. Uh, so I know that they were still tweaking the code, like the the castle multiball was scoring crazy uh really too high so that i know that they nerfed that a little bit um but i really i really liked the updates um i have to say i don't have a game of thrones at home unfortunately so uh in terms of knowing the rules and everything i'm not too familiar with it but that was that actually meant that watching the update was really useful for me because i learned quite a lot from that um but i i think they've done I, I can't even think of one thing that they've done that isn't an improvement on what already I think was a really good game. So um, I was I really enjoyed watching the update. 
I was also thinking, I'm like, did they go back to the well? Like, did they need her to do any more additional voice work? No. Um, just thinking, I'm like, are they going to vault it? Like, is it going to, you know, come back out as a vault? I'm like, do you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't tell me anything like that, uh, unfortunately. But um, I, I think I heard that there were extra call outs now. Um, but until I get to play it, I won't know which ones like the the obvious one which uh is new in there is me saying house targaryen at the start because you couldn't choose house targaryen before so um that was something mm. that i recorded originally uh, i had to you know go through all the houses and uh, and they've added that in you know for this code update so i'm interested to know if there is any others that uh, are new a new call outs in there because i assume also it's the same with the hound uh, because he's obviously the the male voice actor on the on the pinball machine so he will have done the same thing as i did i assume that he recorded a load of things and then they selected ones to use for the machine so i wonder if there's going to be new ones from him as well do you have a particular or maybe one or two favorite call outs when you hear you're like, that's pretty cool. I mean, the, the whole experience is cool, but do you have like a favorite call yeah. out? Like, or do you, you know, when people meet you, they're like, do this. Like, what's the number one? Um, well, actually, my favorite um, is is when somebody's tilting. Uh, so when I say back off or when I say don't be such a bully, um, they're my favorite ones. And uh, because I'm not I'm not very you know aggressive with a machine, so I don't get that many tilt tilt warnings. But when I was watching the stream uh, that Deadflip did, uh, and and they were playing it, and I think it was I think it was when Keith Elwin was playing, and uh, he he was obviously moving the machines, and I could hear myself, uh, and I'd say back off, and uh, <laughs> I think it was Dwight who said to him, she just she just told you off. Did you hear that? She told you off. Anyway, yeah, she told me off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're the ones that I really like. Um, and I think uh, the the one where I say back off, um, I I feel like when I was recording that, I was sort of feeling like I was playing the pinball machine at the same time. Whereas whereas some call outs are quite a bit more placid you know if I just say great job or uh, good shot and it's all very sort of mellow and chilled out whereas actually putting some mm. emotion into it um, I think that that's what makes those my favorites I think I like imagine myself you know nudging yeah. the machine you know really hard <laughs> yeah when you play Game of Thrones you die yeah. like, I was like I'm like remembering the lines from the show there were a few call outs that I recorded that uh, I would have liked to have been in there. I think I think I said one where I said uh, all men must die. Uh, that would have been nice to, to put in there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there were a few that didn't make it. So. <laughs> I love it so much. Are you a fan of the actual show Game of Thrones? Is it something that you watched um, as the seasons progressed? Um, yes, but actually only because. Um, of this, of of being the voice on on the on the pinball machine. So when I got the email from Steve Ritchie, um, I was I was of the opinion that Game of Thrones was just full of nudity and it was just basically a man's show. Um, and and so I, I didn't have any interest in watching it at all. Even though my husband kept saying to me, "You should watch it. You really like it. You should watch it." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." I'm not going to watch it. And then when I got the email, I said, you know, what? I, I really should. I really should watch it now. Um, so I binge watched 
the uh the end like season one and two i think even before i had an audition and uh and then i went on to to get completely up to date which i think took me up to the end of season five maybe um and i watched all of that in the space of about three months um and i mean after i think episode two i fell in love with the show I, i was absolutely hooked and i just wanted to just watch it um so i've been a fan since uh, since watching episode two i think uh of season one have you seen it all the way through yeah. the end have you seen the final I have, season yes. yeah. oh my god okay spoilers we're going to talk a little bit about the final <laughs> season so if you you're the only person who hasn't seen the final season of game of thrones just fast forward like <laughs> yeah. five minutes okay i'm not a i don't want to say i'm not a huge fan i think i have immense respect for the show because of just um i was a, a fan of uh, georgia r, r. martin's okay. work um, but I'm not really good about following like a show. Like I'm really right. bad at it. That's why I, I kind of like shows where I can just watch it and then just leave. Like I don't need to follow a storyline. Yeah. But my husband is a crazy fan. Not like crazy like he dresses up, but he is just always like every Sunday was w- watching it um, with his dad because his dad also enjoys it. And then I would get the play by play. I was like, I don't need to watch the show because you come home and tell me everything that's happening yeah. in Westeros. I don't need to know what's, you know, I don't need to watch the show. But I did would catch a couple episodes here and there and it was and it was funny because i didn't realize when i would catch them like they were these like monumentous yeah. episodes like i saw yeah. the red wedding it was horrified i saw the um i think it was the season finale where um uh i'm forgetting his name but he shoots his dad with the crossbow oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah what's his face pushes the yeah she was with the crossbow I was like you killed your dad with the crossbow yeah. oh my god my husband actually watched the red wedding episode with me to watch my reaction <laughs> so he wasn't watching the, the show he was just watching me and i was like oh oh that's happening right okay <laughs> i'm like oh my god is like does anybody not die in this show like everybody that goes on this show yeah, dies yeah <laughs> you know and then and, and i watched the last couple of episodes because it was such a big deal in our house so i did actually kind of watch the couple of episodes and when she lit that city on, i was like oh mm-hmm. no i was like Oh, this is taking a yeah. turn. Yeah. No. <laughs> I really enjoyed the uh, the final the final season. I know it got a lot of criticism, um, and and I I do see you know everybody's point. Uh, I think they could have could have done with even just cutting the episodes in half and then doubling them because then it would at least feel like it was a longer season. Um, so I can kind of see that, and that there were corners cut to just get to the end, but. All in all, like when you actually just think about the story and think about the battles and the effects and everything that went into it, like I, I think it was amazing. No, I completely agree. I mean, I think it'll go down as one of the, the best shows, definitely from HBO, but possibly on television. I just, the, the story, the costumes, everything, the acting in it was amazing. I can't, I, oh my God, I think her name's Gwendolyn yeah. Christie. She put herself in for a Emmy and she got the nomination because I was still upset at Jamie. I was like, you should have stayed. You went back to your sister and she's horrible. And my husband Chris is just laughing and he's like, why are you so upset? I thought you were into yeah. Game of Thrones. I was like, you know I'm into it. I just don't watch it all the time. Like, uh, no. I think I was in denial because um, when, when he left, when he got on that horse and went and rode back, I was like, no, he's going to kill her. He's just going to go and kill her. He's not going to be with her like he's got a plan here or maybe it's Arya and she's just you know she's killed him and she's wearing his face and this is all just this is just all a trick and he has to make her believe that he's actually leaving so I think I was just in denial that he was just going to go back 
and be with his sister, which is actually what he was going to do. So never mind. Poor, uh, oh poor Brienne. Goodness. Poor Brienne. I love, she's probably like her and Arya were my yeah. two favorite characters. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm all about a strong woman and like, you know, Arya is my girl. Oh, love her. And then Brienne, I just, uh, it went, uh, I just love them. Anyway. Anyway, sorry, sorry. We kind of ha- you you all knew that if we were going to have the voice of the <laughs> Game of Thrones pinball machine, right that there was going to be a wee bit of Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. chit chat. So I am so excited uh, about the code update. I would be interested to see if they're going to release this as a vault. Um, I you know I there there are people that you know are yay and nay on Game of Thrones. I think it's a really great pinball game, and uh, I love the rule set on it. And I think that there's just a lot of depth to it. And I, I'm excited to see what happens, because for me, when they do a code update for a game that's, you know, that's been several years already out and not currently on the line, to me, that screams, I'm like, they're bringing it back for a vault. And especially with the fact that they just ended the show, it's still kind of on the minds of people. I mean, this would be a great time to re-release that particular machine. Just Lauren's yeah. opinion. Um, the uh, I also think Game of Thrones makes a good tournament mach- machine. They um they. They, did you watch any of the world championships in uh, Italy? I see, I only saw like the final part of it. I didn't see the Game of Thrones part. I mean, well, so, was that something you the, had the final, the, the proper finals were just incredible of the uh, of the world championships. Yeah. But uh, that's another another story. But um, I, I, <laughs> I did manage to watch quite a lot of the stream, and uh, and I, I did find it was really enjoyable to watch the Game of Thrones ones. My dad actually was doing all the streaming there. He uh, he has a um, you know a streaming rig and everything that he takes around to tournaments now in in uh, europe so he uh he did all that so that was good uh he did all the commentary as well um but game of yeah oh, yeah it was really good um yeah the, the game of thrones when they streamed it for the for the tournament i found really interesting you know watching people's strategies and things i think it's one of those machines that especially now with a code update people can make different decisions to get points it's not a case of do I go modes or do I go multiple? It's a lot deeper. Um, and I, I like watching, the, you know, the top players compete on machines like that because it's sort of you, you see more about what they are aiming for and what, they, what their long-term goal is on a machine. Oh, yeah. It, it, that, that's one thing I always encourage people to do. Maybe, you know, oh, I'm not into competitive pinballs. Like, even if you're not, I mean, because, you know, pinballs enjoyed it in a variety of different ways but to watch people like i always call it like i'm watching a master class yeah. here um when i you know steve bowden now lives in san antonio whenever i watch him play there's some local players here that are just really fantastic and when you see people play that are at like the top of their game and you know are just kind of honing their craft it just you become a better player i always believe that you know when you play with people of that caliber you're going to become better just because you're going to learn some things from them that you maybe didn't see before but if you don't have those people in your neighborhood you know the next best thing is stream because you not only get to watch them play but you also get the commentary as well so you're kind of like oh okay you're kind of they're breaking it down for you which is kind of helpful sometimes i I completely agree and if uh, if anybody hasn't seen the stream of the final the the final games they definitely go and see it because it was absolutely unbelievable the uh yeah, I saw the Dracula yeah. final. Like, I that that's a part of it I watch. I was like, oh yeah, my god, yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, no, it's it is something to watch. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for those of you who haven't seen it. It is um, a very very compelling piece of video. And again, you're watching the best of us play each other, and it is a lot of fun yeah. to watch. 
Oh my goodness. Well, we're almost to the end of the show, Kate. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Something we do at the end um, is called Inside the Pinball Studio. I ask you a series of questions and everybody in Podcast Landia gets to find out more about you and your pinball okay. mind. All right. Question number one. What game do you love? My favorite machine is Tron Legacy. I, I actually have a Ellie at home. And that's pr- if ever I go into my games room, Tron is pretty much the only machine I play out of the five machines that I have. Um, <laughs> that, that's my favorite. Um, I think uh, other ones I like. Uh, no fear uh, I like um, Roadshow uh, I'm trying to think of ones that I like at the moment like I, I'm sure it's probably the same with you where you you'll have machines that you love all the time and then you have phases you go through phases of loving you know other ones so I'd say uh, I'm loving Roadshow at the moment but Tron Legacy will always be my absolute favorite Tron Legacy is yeah. your number one all right what game do you hate? Oh, what game do I hate? Um, Funhouse. Um, I don't know why I hate that. <laughs> I just, I think it's the face. And that's really odd because, you know, I like Roadshow and that has two massive heads on it. Um, but Funhouse just freaks me out a little bit. Um, I don't know what it is about the... That's a, a second vote on the show so far for fun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In episode one, we talked to uh, Raleigh Palace, and that is the one she absolutely that that was her number really? one hate. So I don't like I'm fun glad houses. Somebody else with me on that one. Another one I hate is Terminator Two. I don't know why. I mean, the theme is fine. I like Terminator the film, but I cannot hit a shot on that. It's it's a black post game for me. That like I just can't hit anything. And I think that you need to go for multi ball, and you need to go for jackpots. And I can't hit the jackpot shot from the gun. It's can't be that difficult to do but for some reason i really struggle i, I don't struggle on acdc when you have to go for the the jackpot um shots so i don't know why i struggle so much on terminator but um that one's out for me um <laughs> so that's that one i also remembered one that i love uh which is congo uh which is probably a bit of an odd one but it's it's just one of those machines where the shots, I find the shots just really easy to make. And I only ever get to play it in a tournament. I've never seen it, you know, at somebody's house or in a, a bar over here. So I go to a tournament and I see if it's a machine that I can choose from and I'll always choose it to play. And for some reason, I tend to score really well on it. So that's it. one of my favorites, just simply because I seem to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, Congo, I, you know, it's funny that you would say that because I the only two times I've played it have been at the Bat City Open. And somebody locally has it or they have it at Buffalo. And the first time I played it, wasn't a huge fan. This year when I played it, oh, I blew yeah. that thing up. <laughs> I finally found all my shots and everything was working. I was like, this is magic. I was like, oh, why haven't I not given Congo some more love? Yeah. Like, this is great. Yeah. So now I, I hope that, you know, I, you know, if I ever grow my little game room that, you know, Congo could definitely be a contender to make it in there because it, it is a really I fun think game. If one, if one came up available... I would I would definitely be looking at getting it. I would love to have it at home. Yeah, that would be fun, definitely. What is your favorite pinball art? Hmm, pinball art. That is a tough question. Yeah, this is one that stumps people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't think I pay that much attention to the art. Um, it's not something that really stands out for me uh, as a, a, a really big feature on a machine. Um, so... That's a really tough question. For you, when you're looking at a machine, um, you know, because people like, you know, gameplay, 
art theme? Like, what is the most important thing to you? I can't say. I would have to say gameplay because I would contradict myself if I said theme because there are there are some themes that you know on first glance I would say that is not the machine for me. ACDC is a good example that before I played ACDC Pinball Machine, if if you'd have said to me can you name an, a song by ACDC? I'd have said, no, I cannot. <laughs> but I love that game. It's great. Um, so that, you know, the, the theme doesn't have anything to do with that. It's purely down to the gameplay. So I would say gameplay is, is number one. That's that's the most important. Um, and artwork, I think, would actually be fairly low down for me. Um, obviously, it's got to be interesting uh, to and fit in with the, with the game. Um, but other than that, I'm you know happy whatever whatever gets put on the machine. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite pinball sound? And it can't be. Can't be Game of <laughs> well, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be Game of Thrones. What's my favorite pinball sound? There is probably a better answer than this if I had more time to think about it. But I like I like a lot of the sounds on Adam's Family. Um, so, like for example. When you get multi-ball and you get that show time, like it's an actual build-up, you know, it's it's really uh, it really puts you in the mood for a good multi-ball and then it just drains with no ball save. But uh, <laughs> but oh, that's too funny. We Jessica Kent, who uh, created Pinball Origins, she was in episode uh, six, I believe, like not the last episode, but the episode before. Those are her, that's her favorite okay, pinball song really? is the Adams Family, particularly when he goes, yeah, for Showtime, and yeah, that to me. Um, I know it's a very popular game and people are like, oh, Adam's Family. There's a reason why it's the most popular yeah. pinball game of all time. It's because everything works. And to me, having those call-outs from Raul Julia and uh, Angelica Houston and that Showtime, that's a particular sound. It's like, yes, like this is happening. Yeah, so, I mean, even like yeah. the extra ball um, sound on Adam's Family. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he, you know, he says something like... Um, have another ball. I've got a whole pocket full of it. And it's like, it's quite, it's, it's, it's humorous, but you know, in keeping with the, with the game. So I, I really like it. I really like the sounds on that. Yeah. That, that, great answer. Great answer. What is your favorite tournament, festival or pinball event to play in? The Dutch pinball open without a doubt. Um, and actually that is mainly because they have a women's pinball tournament there. That's the only um, the only tournament that I've been to that has had a separate women's tournament. So that sort of does it for me. I mean, there's only usually around 20 to 25 women that compete. Um, and this the format has varied from year to year. Sometimes it's play as, you know, play qualifying machines and then top eight qualify and then you play head to head um last year it was a, it was a play every one uh, once and then uh, and then you rank depending on number of wins and things but the fact that i get to play in a women's t- uh, tournament with other competitive women just makes that tournament the best for me i mean the, the rest of the tournament is good as well uh, you know they, they have the dutch open they usually have it in a really good venue as well and um, it does vary but they've been in the same venue twice now and it's like a uh, an auditorium so they'll actually put pinball machines on the stage and you can sit in like a theater um and you just Oh, yeah, fun. and uh, and if they put the stream up on a screen as well, you've got you basically like you're sitting in a, in a theatre or like a cinema, and you can see the pinball machine on the stage and the people playing, and then you can watch it on a big screen, just like you're 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 at the the cinema. So um, 
so that's really cool um so yeah that's definitely my favorite tournament Oh, neat. I, I, lo- I just couldn't imagine like that. That's one of the things when you're watching the finals and, you know, everybody's kind of gathered around some various screen or something. But to make it kind of more, you know, where you're almost at a theater and just watching it like a movie, that seems really neat. Um, take note, people who organize <laughs> tournaments. That's pretty yeah. darn cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, what is your grail pin? Do you either own it or is there a pin out there that you, you desperately want? Well, it used to be Tron Legacy, um, but I have that now. Uh, <laughs> my husband very kindly bought it for me. I say bought it for me. We share all our money, so we bought it for me uh, when I <laughs> when I gave birth to my son uh, as a as a congratulations for ruining your body. Here is a, here is a pinball machine that you've always wanted. So uh, so that's nice. Um, so yeah, it has to be that one um, because I just love it. It's every time I play it. Um, I never get that feeling of, you know, I'm fed up now. It's usually, it's really late. I should go to bed rather than I want to stop playing. Um, so, yeah, that one, definitely. Tron Legacy. Who would you most like to play head-to-head? Or who do you enjoy playing pinball with the most? Well, I enjoy playing pinball the most with, uh, I should really say my husband, shouldn't I? But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a judgment free zone. Okay. Well, he'll, he'll probably listen though, and then I'll be in trouble. But anyway, um, my <laughs> my best friend uh, is called Nick Marshall, and he who taught me a lot about playing pinball, and uh, I, I enjoy playing with him. He, he he still teaches me a lot about playing pinball. And um, funny story that I was once <laughs> I was once playing against him, not in a tournament or anything, just for fun, and. I had just overtaken his score, and he said to me, uh, you can let the ball drain now. <laughs> Seriously, he said, you can let it go now. <laughs> so I let it go, because usually if he says you can let it go, it's because, I've, you know, there's a ball save I don't know about. I've just, you know, I, I've got multiple, and I need to focus on using the upper flipper or something to let the ball go and focus on something else. So he said, you can let the ball go now. So I let the ball go. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, end of game bonus. Uh, oh, no. and he was like why did you let it go <laughs> because you told me to <laughs> so that was um, yeah ah. it's just fun fun to play with friends um, <laughs> but in terms of who who would I like to play head to head in a tournament I think I just like playing against really good players so you know if I got the opportunity to play against uh, you know top top 10 players in the world that sort of thing um then that's what i enjoy i did play once against uh daniele akiari the um he, i think he's number, he's number oh, two yeah. number three maybe i think he's mm. two or three um, yeah. and it's sort of you know you shake hands at the beginning of the game and think there is no chance i am winning this but i'm gonna enjoy it you know and and i think it was uh, getaway high speed two that i played against um played him against and that was my first ever machine at home so i know how to play it inside and out but there's no way that i can do the shots as well as he can and obviously absolutely blew the machine up um and and i had a good game but nowhere near good enough and it's it's that that you you sort of then get back to the fact that they're a little bit of a celebrity being so good at it uh and you feel a little bit inferior but like a bit of a schoolgirl moment like you're like oh my god this is this is one of the top players so um so yeah i do really enjoy playing against those sort of people in, t- in tournaments 
And final question, what is your dream theme, a theme that has not been uh, made by a manufacturer, um, but that you would like to see come out? I, I've been given it, giving this some thoughts today because I'd heard that this was one of your questions and um, <laughs> and I still don't have an answer. I'm really disappointed in myself um, because oh, no. <laughs> um, what I've found when I've, when I've found machines that I really like to play um the theme it hasn't really mattered and like i said earlier about acdc the the theme usually surprises me you know there are machines that i think that i should love like i'm i'm a big um you know superhero marvel fan um so you'd think from that that x-men and um you know those those machines i should really like um and they're okay to play but i'd still rather play matron legacy um so <laughs> I don't have a dream theme. Um so I'll I'll keep that one open and then you know maybe maybe when um something comes out where the gameplay and the theme both tick, you know, both 100% me, then I can say oh that's my dream theme. <laughs> well, we'll keep that open for you. So if you if you ever change yeah. your mind on that one, I'll let to- you know. <laughs> Well, Kate, thank you so much again for being on the show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Again, we we loved having you here, and I loved hearing your stories, and so excited to have somebody on the show that's been kind of part of creating a pinball machine and kind of more of the the inside baseball uh, (laughs) type of stories. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, so we'll put in some links in the show notes about the things we talked about. Definitely put some links on for streaming, so if you guys want to catch any of the Pinburg action going on this weekend... But the one thing I do want to highlight is next week we're going to have the European vacation continues. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be talking to Karen Kaiser, who uh, does have a San Antonio connection. She's from here, but she's currently living in Sweden. She is the 2018 IFPA world champion, and she has also agreed to come on the show. And we're going to chit chat Swedish and European pinball from a competitive angle and just chat more just about pinball in Sweden and what she's up to. So, so the European vacation continues. And again, we're very, very excited and, you know, love to have all you ladies on. If you're interested in being a part of the show or if you have any comments or things you'd like to share, always feel free to email me. It's backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you, Kate, for being on the show. Loved having you here. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on iTunes. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!